And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 393 coming at you, as always, from the beautiful Radio Free Asgard studios in Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome to the show and to springtime, sort of. Yeah, well, it's been springtime over the last week and a half or so. Uh, you know, we went from having like three feet of snow on the ground to being warm for a few days and having all the snow melt and then having sort of variable weather in the 50s and 60s over the last week. And then today we have an ice storm going on outside. So it is springtime, and that is normal for springtime here in Chicago. As the Midwesterners say, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes, it'll change. I'm fully expecting it to be sunny and melty by the time I'm done recording this. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, don't have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show. I didn't see any new Thor news uh, over the last uh, week. So, yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and move along with our penultimate issue of Ragnarok, the breaking of Helheim. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. Ragnarok, The Breaking of Helheim, issue number five, has a March 2020 cover date. Retailed for $3.99. Cover art is by Walt Simonson and Laura Martin on colors and shows a half-dead, half-alive, rotting face. Actually, it kind of looks all dead rather than half-dead and half-alive, but maybe that's explained? I'm not really sure. But yeah, it, it is, as I surmised last issue... Hella, um, but we will find out more as we go inside. But anyway, we get this close-up of this uh, face, which is uh, entirely skull-like on one side and rotting corpse-like on the other side. And we open up to the uh, credits here. Walter Simonson did the story and the art. Laura Martin did the colors. John Workman is the letterer. And Scott Dunbeer is the editor our story so far, Thor has entered Helheim in his quest to discover the fate of Loki's daughter, Hel, the Queen of the Dead. As he continues his descent into her kingdom, he is confronted by the wolves of Helheim, but escapes. However, he is unaware that one of the wolves still pursues him in the murky depths of Helheim. Meanwhile, the great enemies and their allies have learned of his excursion into the land of the dead and are arranging a suitable reception for him there. One that can kill even a thunder god. And we open to the splash where we have the title of the story, In Hell's Horizon. And Thor is being confronted by three odd-looking creatures. They don't remind me of anything in particular more than what 19th century people thought dinosaurs looked like. 
Um, so before they had complete dinosaur skeletons that they could put together, uh, they look like some of those kind of weird things that people made up that are supposed to be what dinosaurs were. So there's sort of these weird dog, lizard, alligator things with pointy alligator snouts, but bodies that look more like a, a rhino or a bear or something. And they've got these uh, clawed toes. Um, actually, another thing that it reminds me a little bit of is the Egyptian eater of the dead, who's this sort of weird crocodile thing. So I think that may be more what the inspiration for these things are. But uh, anyway, yeah, they're very, very much larger than Thor. Uh, he's about as big as one of their big toes. And yeah, and there's three of them, and they are talking to Thor, as somewhere well below the rim of Helheim. Who are you, little man, and why do you travel the hellway into the jaws of death? I am but a poor pilgrim who seeks an audience with the Lady Hell, the death goddess herself. And they laugh at him. Poor you may be, but you are no mere pilgrim, Thor Odin's son. The dead have observed your wanderings. We were all impressed when you escaped the mines of Darkling Hall. Why do you wish to see our mistress? To speak to her about the dead roaming the Dusklands, and inquire of the weatherbouts of my brother Balder, an inhabitant of Helheim. Do you intend to harm her? That will depend on her answers. Ha <laughs> ha! Well said. Even we who guard the land of the dead do not know if Hel is still alive in the wake of Ragnarok. She never writes. Look at us. Look at you. Is this any way to live? Find her if she exists and destroy her. Free us. I'm not an assassin creature, says Thor. You are a warrior. That will be enough. So pass. But remember that few travel the Hellway into Helheim, and fewer still return. And the caption says, The echoes of the creature's laughter fade gradually as Thor continues his descent into the shadowed realm before him. Thor and Ratatosk come upon a giant bird, <laughs> a giant raven from the looks of it, and Ratatosk says, Thor, who that? Greetings, Odin, son. Word has it that you plan to enter the heart of Helheim to find Hel herself. Hello, Hell Raven. Does Helyar Raven still peck out the eyes of perjurers these days, or is there less to do in the aftertime? Mortals lie as much as ever in these dim days, maybe more. But things are a little slow just now. Would you care for a ride deeper into Helheim? I can't take you into the source of mystery, but close enough. That's very generous of you, Raven. Thank you. And they climb on the raven's back, and we get a half page here of uh, the raven carrying Thor and Ratatosk into the uh, deeper part of hell. And Ratatosk says, Is this the best idea? I think if we're going to have any trouble, it won't be on the way into Helheim, says Thor, and we may need our energy for later. And we see the, the wolf that's following after them, is the, the transformed Dinerhyar is kind of watching the raven fly off with the two. And uh, he's thinking to himself, Helyarhafen gives Thor a ride. The minions of Hell not only let Thor pass uncontested, but aid him on his way as well. Can it be true? Has the son of Odin become as corrupt as the rumors say in the wake of his absence at the great battle? If Thor really is allied with Helheim, 
We'll tear him apart when he returns. And we cut back to Thor and the raven, and uh, the Harafin is landing on the top of a hill, and he says, This is as far as I can take you, Thunderer. You and your mascot will have to walk from here. Mascot, says Ratatosk. Thank you, mighty Harafin. I am grateful. Perhaps we shall meet again. And they go off, and the raven flies off, and Thor and uh, Bratatosk are going through this sort of canyon sort of thing. We see there are Draugar undead creatures kind of looking down on them as though they, they're going to um, hijack them or whatever, uh, attack them, ambush them, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And um, Bratatosk says, Thor? I know, says Thor. We're being watched. The denizens of Helheim are marking our descent and gathering in number. Getting really chilly, says Ratatosk. We've come a long way. We're not far now from the beating heart of Helheim, if it has one. And we see that the wolf has managed to keep up with this giant raven. Um, interestingly enough, that seems a bit convenient, but okay. <laughs> the uh, wolf is commenting here to, to itself, thinking to itself, It's taking me long to detour around the hell creatures, Fortunately, they're so interested in Thor that my task has been made easy. But now I've lost him in the mist. Blast it. And uh, Thor and Ratatosk arrive some, says some distance ahead. And Thor sees uh, a giant figure. And it appears to be a dead or undead woman in a giant globey thing. And Thor's like, ah, hell. She dead? asks Ratatosk, and, and so this hell is very different from the Marvel hell. Uh, she's very gawky and skinny, and she's got big bazungas, but yeah, I mean, not 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 so big. And um, yeah, she was, like on the cover, has this sort of half-skullish, half-corpse-ish face, and she's inside this giant, looks like a glass sphere, and it's sitting on some sort of strange tree-like uh, base, and there's energy crackling around, a sort of uh, Simonson-ish type of Kirby crackle. She answers Ratatosk's query here and is going, <laughs> Of course I'm dead, little Ratatosk. That is my nature. Hello, Thor. Welcome to my kingdom. I understand that, like me, you failed to appear at the final battle. The world serpent went unslain and the great enemies carried the day. Have you despaired at last and come to die in my arms? We would make a fine couple, you and I, but no. I was unavoidably detained in a dungeon at the edge of the world. And you? Where were you? Cowering in a hidden corner of Helheim? Were I not about to ask you for a favor, Odinson, I would slay you where you stand. Then we're off to a good start. What do you want? Freedom! I am dying in here, Thor. Ironic, isn't it? The goddess of death is dying. The great enemies curse them imprison me in the sphere of energy after the battle to punish me. The sphere rests on a trunk that draws its power from the great abyss below us. It is Ganungagap itself, the primordial chasm from whence came all things. Even my power cannot overcome the potency of its chaos. And the trunk protects itself. Does it, says Thor, and he picks up a rock and throws it, and she's like, Thor, no! 
and he th- throws the rock, and there's a giant fit zapped, and a big green explosion, and uh, Thor is kind of, he, he just dodges the flying rocks and stuff that, that happen in the explosion. So apparently the, yeah, uh, you throw something at this or try to strike it, and it, it causes a big explosion, and that, that could be a big inconvenience if you're trying to chop it or whatever. If that rock had been bigger, you'd have died in the blowback, says Hella. And you? I am both imprisoned and protected by this sphere, but I have been ill-treated by those who counted on my help. It was I who allowed the building of the great ship Nagelfar, and it was that ship that carried the numberless dead of Helheim into battle on that final day of doom. My thanks was to be imprisoned in my own kingdom, never to be set free. I, who was once both living and dead, am now completely dead. Okay, well, that, that explains it. My living half starved to death inside this prison. My dead half cannot be killed. Surtur directed his clever dwarves of fire to fashion my gilded cage. He is the wiliest and most deadly of all the enemies. And Baldur, my brother, the slain god he would not release from Helheim, though numberless tears were shed for his return. Be fair. I did say that if one being refused to cry for him, I would keep the golden one. You and I both know that it was Loki who withheld his tears, he who arranged Baldur's death in the first place. But I do confess I was pleased to have him. He brought light into Helheim such as never been seen here before. He brought light to me. Are the stories true? Did you take him to bed? I comforted Baldur and showed him things he had never known before in my finely wrought couch of gold. The chains were decorative. Grow up, Thor. He enjoyed them. What of Nana, his wife, who shared his sorry journey to this dismal realm? A spineless sop. She vanished, and I don't keep track of every soul in Helheim. In my arms, he forgot her. In the end, I sent him to the depths of Niflhel, the deepest part of my kingdom, to protect him. Never did I dream the Nine Worlds would fall and Niflhel be destroyed in an instant when Nihelheim collapsed. There were no survivors. And we see that um, the the wolf is caught up to Thor and is listening to this from uh, nearby. I sense that we're not alone here in the pit of Helheim. Your creatures are gathering. You have no intention of letting me leave here. I should warn you that I have no intention of sharing your bed. He 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 he, says Hela. Have you seen yourself lately, Thor? Your virtue is safe from me. They are merely curious to see the last god. By allowing the death ship to be built here, you had a hand in the slaying of my kind and all my world. There aren't enough dead in Helheim to change my mind. Why shouldn't I let you rot here? Because I will do a deal with you, Thor. I can recall the dead to Helheim and free the Dusklands from their cursed presence. Free me, Thor, please, and when I am recovered, there shall be a reckoning between Surtur and myself. Hmm, says Thor. You were always solicitous of mortals, Thor. That's what you really came for, isn't it? To save them? Tell me I'm wrong. Since when has Hell ever said please? Centuries in a prison change one. What are you doing? And though Thor is uh, kind of holding his hammer above his head, and there's a big sort of sphere of lightning surrounding him, and, and he says, uh, creating a storm. 
what does it look like? And there's a a bunch of thunder and lots and lots of rain. And the rain reveals this sort of um, uh, energy webbing that's kind of holding this thing together that that Hela's in, giant boom, which I assume is thunder. If your cage was fashioned by Surtur and his fire dwarves, perhaps a good rain will. What's this? Energy cables securing your prison. Yeah, so this is sort of what's holding it all together. Running all the way up to the rim of Helheim. Surtur wanted to be certain I was secure. Thor, I beg of you, free me. We have known each other for a long time, Hel. Loki's daughter would never beg. But if the cables fetter your cage, what purpose does the trunk serve? I told you it draws energy from Ganungagap. All of a sudden we see Ratatosk zip, 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 zipping around. Uh, and it looks like he's got something on his nose. And he's like, Thor, 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 Thor! I'm trying to think, Ratatosk. And it's hard enough without your incessant chatter. Not that there's been much of that lately. What now? Look at me! And uh, he jumps into Thor's hand, and he is, uh, his, his nose is frozen. And uh, <laughs> Thor says, your muzzle, frozen, how? It's cold in Helheim, but... Over there, look. And uh, Hel is not happy at being ignored, and she's like, Thor, we were talking. Patience, Hel, you've waited so long already. The ground here is icy. Of course it is. Helheim rests on what's left of Niflhel, and that stands upon Gnungagap. I think there's a door here. Cleverly fashioned, too. Dwarf work, and Thor is feeling around on the ground for uh, a door handle or whatever. And Hel is like, Thor, wait! You'll destroy us all! And Thor reaches down and he finds the edge of the door and he wrenches it open with a screed. And, uh, yeah, you see, like, cold uh, air rising up out of this uh, big hole. And Thor is like, really? A shaft radiating frost. And Raditox says, smell it, Thor. Icy breath of Ganungagap, hell, right above Abyss of Chaos. Of course it's the Abyss, says Hell. I told you it was below us. Now let me out. What are you doing? Be careful. I am always careful, says Thor, as he grabs one of the energy ropes that's kind of holding this thing together. And he breaks it with a snap. And um, it, it basically is like this giant piece of twine or rope or something of that nature he's shaking it around and it's until it no longer glows and he says i've cleared the cable of energy ratatos come here and ratatos grabs a hold of the thing and uh, thor is lowering him down into the uh, the shaft and uh, ratatos is you sure about this pretty sure just hang on i see bottom of shaft already slow down and Ratatosk is lowered below the level of where everything is, is sitting. It looks like the underside of Helheim is all barrels. Um, and they, some of them even say XXX on them <laughs> because they do moonshine here in, uh, in uh, Hell. And uh, Ratatosk says, Underside of Helheim, covered with, holy crap. And there are these things that are hanging from these barrels, and they're like these glowing... Um, bags or gourds or, or something and there's a lot of kirby crackle down here and um 
Thor uh, says, I'll pull you up. And, and Ratatusk is already on his shoulder. He's like, I'm up. Must get out now. Under, entire underside of Helheim lined with giant bombs and tied to roots of hell stem. Neglected to mention that, did we, hell? Searchers, fire dwarves. They threatened to detonate the cache if I tried to escape. You always have an answer, hell. But I'm never sure if it's the right one. Work new, Thor, says Ratatusk. Still smell pitch ceiling powder barrels. In that case, uh, Thor takes his hammer and he throws it at the energy sphere that, that's surrounding Hela. And she's like, Thor! And there's a giant blang as the hammer just kind of bounces off. And Thor says, not a scratch. Was your prison supposed to protect you when I hit the trunk? Would the impact have set off the explosives below Helheim? My death and your freedom as you hang in your impregnable sphere, a win-win. By Odin's truth, I swear that I never thought. Now I know you're lying. When have you ever sworn by my father's name? But you're in luck. I've decided to free you after all. What? says Hel. What? says Ratatosk. In my own time, of course, says Thor. No, no, free me now! You thought I wouldn't smell Eden's apples in your pouch. It will take a lot of energy to reach the rim without their healing power. And she shoots a sort of an energy beam from the inside of her, her sphere. Uh, Mrs. Thor kind of hits uh, the, the rocks behind him, and there's a giant spract. And um, we see that the wolf is still watching and is listening to the conversation as this is going on. Free me, and I'll bid my raven carry you back to the Dusklands. Flee, and my gathered creatures will kill you. Goodbye, Hell, says Thor. We won't meet again. And the uh, wolf is noticing all this, and he goes running off, and uh, it's going to kind of run back to uh, where the rest of the wolves uh, slash Einherjar are. Hell is still alive, and she's going to kill him. She really is Thor's enemy. I cannot save him but I must get word back to the rest of the Einherjar. And he goes running off. And we are back with Hela as she's continuing to glow and uh, sort of burn up as she says all this. Fool! Imprisoned as I am, Helheim is still mine to command. You won't get out of here alive. I slit Nana's throat and threw her body into the abyss. Balder, that beautiful simpleton, never suspected as I consoled him over her disappearance. Come, you orcs, you trolls, you denizens of the Deathlands. Rise in your wrath and slay the son of Odin now. And uh, her sphere is glowing and all these creatures start to uh, encroach upon where Thor is standing. And Thor says, there's the daughter of Loki, I remember full of spite and fury. No wonder the great enemies imprisoned you. Was my life the price for your freedom? I should be wary of any deal with Surtur. If Ratatosk is right, the dwarves have fastened enough explosives to Helheim to destroy the entire realm and a crystal prison. Maybe fiery Surtur thought to rid himself of two problems at once. And then, well, as Thor is saying this, he's fighting all these undead and Draugr and uh, monsters, etc. Come, Ratatosk, we've overstayed our welcome. 
and there's like these dra- dragons and stuff that he's uh, hitting with his hammer, and Hella's just shouting, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, over and over again. And we see Thor fighting his way out. Uh, doesn't appear to be having very much trouble as he does this. He's just sort of knocking all these creatures aside with a quarang and a throb of a room. And uh, as he's leaving, he turns, turns and he says to Hela, For innocent Nana's fate, for Baldur's as well, for the deaths of my family and my friends and for the destruction of the nine worlds and the comprehensive ocean of deaths and that catastrophe. I will free you, Hell. I will free you. Creatures of the void, follow me at your peril. And he goes running off with Ratatosk, and he is being pursued by a full page of various uh, nasty-looking creatures. They're following him out. And we shift scenes, and it says, Elsewhere, hundreds of leagues distant, in a small village, and we are back in the uh, little, I guess, human village where Drifa the Cirrus is uh, being being held, or she's living there, whatever. And there's a dark figure, and um, he's uh, trying to get into the, uh, the the little hut where Drifa lives. And he's thinking to himself, "Where it is come by fire sprite? Surtur demands the girl and her nascent powers." But Java guards her ceaselessly. That damn troll rarely sleeps. And he comes to what he, across what he thinks is the sleeping troll. And, he's, and then he shouts out loud, Well, he'll sleep forever now! And stabs the, uh, what he thinks is the troll. And it turns out to be just a bag of straw. And the light comes up. Uh, Drifa lights a, a match, it looks like. <laughs> and... Uh, Javak is standing next to her, and he says, Hello, Coley. Come to tuck me in. And we have a to-be-continued, and that is Ragnarok, The Breaking of Helheim, issue number five. We get a next issue teaser here. It looks like Thor fighting a larger version of himself, uh, except that this version of him has a lower jaw, so that could be interesting. Anyway, uh, so there's that going on. Uh, we have, at the end of the issue, of course, we have also the, the, the making of the cover. We have the layout and then the inked version, uh, the blue lines, and then we have, of course, the fully colored version by Laura Martin. And it's a nice feature that we have here. All right, so... Uh, we will be talking all about this issue, but first we have a promo from one of our friends. Hey, I'm Jen. And I'm Sean. We're here to tell you about our podcast, Worst Collection Ever. And this is the show where we tell you about the worst comic book collection in existence, and it just happens to belong to us. We have some of the worst comics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're bad. They don't. Terrible. They're not worth anything. No good. Why do we own them? I own a number of issues of Terror Inc. and Guy Gardner. Basically, we go around to local comic book stores and we buy everything we can out of dollar boxes. We tell you about the weird stuff in them. We tell you about stuff that's related to them. We go into tangents. And we're very uninformed, so... Oh my god, totally. But totally check out our podcast because you'll hear us just talk and joke about Marvel books and DC books from God Only Knows When. That's right. It's our show, Worst Collection Ever, every Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Download, rate, subscribe, tell a friend. It'll be good and terrible, but good. And we're back. And of course, we have a few comments about the issue, but not too many, uh, because there's not a lot to say about it. It's a good, solid issue. I will say the story is is fairly linear. It's easy to follow. It's easy to review. It's easy to read out loud. Uh, there, there's a lot good about this issue. The artwork is is typical. It is very, very good. There's still that, that sketchiness, and that is probably just a part of Simonson's style now. But it is uh, you know, very well laid out and very well drawn and and the coloring is is amazing i I really do like what laura martin has been doing with the colors on the series um i think my favorite part of the issue is these giant dinosaur things that uh are like on page three that are uh kind of negotiating with thor here as he goes into into hell um, like I said, they, they remind me of the, the 19th century conception of what dinosaurs were supposed to look like. Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure if that's where Simonson got his uh, ideas for this or not. He is a big fan of dinosaurs, as you all know. And, and uh, um, so, yeah, that, that could well be where he got his inspiration for these things from. I think they're pretty darn cool. There's a lot of nice little touches here and there. Simonson likes to draw these weird flying things that are way, way above in the sky, and you really never get a good good view of them. We've got very strange um, mountains that are, are shaped really oddly. I like the giant raven, uh, Raven. Pretty, pretty cool um, issue overall. Hella has a, an interesting look, and like I said, it's really not at all like the, the Marvel version of Hella, who seems much more alive than than this one now as i pointed out this this version was half alive and half dead and now looks just dead and that is what the story verified was going on here so very very cool interesting concept and i have a feeling that what hella was telling thor earlier may not be the whole truth i i think that we're going to end up seeing balder maybe next issue i don't know but um, I think it's it's possible because we don't really know for sure. We just kind of have Hella's word for it that Balder was destroyed when, you know, Helheim collapsed in on itself. Yeah, I don't know if Balder is so easily taken out, but I guess we'll find out. I mean, you know, it could be. I think that if this story doesn't play out next issue, that hopefully he'll bring it back in the next series and and maybe it'll be answered there because now I'm kind of curious now. I want to see what happened to Balder as well. Um, The fact that they're not showing it, they're just having her tell him that and not doing like a flashback and showing it happen, to me that implies that she's not entirely being honest with him. So yeah, so um, my theory is I think Balder is still alive somewhere Uh, in Helheim. Anyway, all right. So with that, it is time to wrap up the show for this week. Thanks very much, folks, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email us, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard! Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content.
The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.